heal to lay hands. He will do the healing. I had a conversation, it may have been a couple weeks ago, with one of our own, and I was giving them the revelation that I had gotten, which I have shared, but about what we need is healing. We are broken. We have been shattered. We are tired. We are weak. We are like a punch drunk fighter. We have been countered so many times. We have been hit so many times during the course of the match that now as it's coming to the later rounds, even though we have not lost, we are not fighting to win. We're like a punch drunk fighter as Christians and as black people. We're just going through the motions now. Coming to church, raising our hands, saying amen, saying prayers, going through the ritualisms that Jesus himself told us to be careful of. This has happened not only as believers, but as Christians, being disappointed, praying and prayers not being answered, dealing with the attacks, the schisms and isms that come with religiosity or people being religious, dealing with gossip, false teachers, people who have felonious agendas, people who come to take and not to give, false doctrines. Then you have witchcraft. You have the negative that works on the outside operating against you. Spiritually as well as naturally. And after a while, we've seemed to look different than we did when we first got saved. When I first got saved, and I'm not just speaking about myself, I'm speaking for all of us. The excitement, the light in our spirit. No matter how much you weighed, it seemed like you weighed only a feather. Could be 400 pounds, but you felt light as a feather. You had met God. You had tasted of his love 
you had been warmed by the warming embers of his embrace. The jostling power of the Holy Spirit came in like a flood. And all of a sudden, the impossible became possible to you. There was a power that began to emanate from your very soul that made you say, I believe. You looked around and not only did you become a believer, but you did not hesitate to share the gospel with somebody else. You were not afraid to walk right in the midst of the lion's den. You would go right in where they were drinking their beer and they smoked their weed and you slapped your Bible down. And you gregariously and energetically declare the glorious gospels of Jesus Christ. You would tell them how good it is now to be delivered. How good it is to be saved. You came to church truly, truly embracing the philosophical and theological statement that David gave to us when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. You came not just saying it, but you exercised it. No one had to prime you pump you. Many of you, when you got saved, there was no texting. So you did not have the benefit of getting a text in the morning saying, come to church. There was something on the inside of you that knew that if you came to the house of God, he would be there. So you came with enthusiasm. You got dressed with expectation. Believing that when I go, I'm going to meet God. And not only am I going to meet him, I'm going to get a joy. I'm going to get a joy out of being able to be with others of like-mindedness. Others who share my same belief and thoughts. All crescendoing in an over-exuberant, echoing, and concert of praise. Being on one accord. Glorifying the name of God together. That gave you joy and happiness to be a part of an extended family. You came in enthusiastic. Yes. Expecting. On the edge of your seat. Not just when the choir sung. I'll say that again. It wasn't just the choir singing that moved you. It wasn't just the praise dancing because at one time we had none of it. But now we have relegated ourselves to be more entertainment oriented than, in, than informational oriented. But we came and we were excited to see God. Then as the man of God began to approach the podium of life, we didn't sit back with our eyes roaming all over the building. We didn't even notice the brother or the sister, what they had on. It mattered not the clothes or the color. It mattered not who was sitting with who. It mattered not whose baby was yelling or hollering. 
Because the truth of the matter, we didn't care. We didn't come to see any of that. We came to see Jesus. We came with our cup ready to be full. We came with our cup ready to overflow. We were like a deer panting for the water. Our soul longeth after thee. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so there was no meandering. There was no note writing at that time. There was no texting at that time. There was no such thing as having a phone on or even a phone in. Who cared? The other parts of the world were oblivious to us because all that mattered was the moment in time when God is going to speak to me. Don't disturb me, young man. Don't disturb me, son. If you had a child, you would tell them to sit quietly by because God is speaking. Tell somebody trying to tap you on the shoulder, get your attention. You tell them, God is speaking. You didn't want any distractions. You didn't want anybody saying anything. If a fly got in your way, you would kill it immediately. Because nothing can distract you from what God is getting ready to orotate across his pulpit. Because whatever may be said, it may be the thing that changed my life. I cannot be distracted right now because God is getting ready to speak. I'll force my thoughts to stay in place. The devil has always been the devil. He has always tried to distract. While you're sitting there, he's always tried to get your mind on other things. To attack your emotions, to drowse you off, to make you lethargic, to make things uninteresting, to get you into a stupor. And when we say fight, that's what we had in us. Because we had the fortitude to shake ourselves. And say, tiredness, you will not overcome me. Sleepiness, you will not overcome me. Distraction, you will not overcome me. Because God is speaking. Then it seemed over a time period, something began to wane. The praise got lower. And less. The enthusiasm as we got dressed became a little bit harder. There was no jumping out the bed, but there was a more crawling out the bed. All of a sudden, you began to notice who was sitting with who. All of a sudden, you begin to notice who had on what. All of a sudden, things begin to irritate you. They had always been there, but you didn't notice them. All of a sudden now, it was important who was doing what. 
for whom? Mm, Y'all will get that later. It was important. It had always been there, but you didn't care. Now all of a sudden, you're not entering his gates with thanksgiving. You're not entering his courts with praise. You are here, but you are not here. You are here in theory alone. And though you go through the motions and you still look the part, there's something missing. We are like punch drunk fighters. We're not fighting anymore to win. We're just going through the motions. That's a bad place to be. When I'm not fighting to actually win, but then I'm also in the midst of actually I have not lost yet. I have not lost, but yet still I'm not fighting the win. So I'm going through the motions. It's almost as if I'm waiting or asking, knock me on out. This is the state we're in as believers and the state that we're in as black people. Punch drunk. And you may say, well, Dr. Porter, Apostle, Bishop, whatever you want to call me, Robert. You may say, why do you say that? Or how does this happen to a people who are so gifted, who serve a God who is all-powerful? How does this happen, Lisa? How, Deacon, do we come to a place where we started off giving God so much glory honor of ourselves, prayed and believed, faith was off the chart, nothing was impossible, everything was possible, nothing impossible. How did we come to this point where we've lost the joy and the passion for God and many of us for life? 